I think it's helpful to see what does it look like for a person who is a you know, straight, white, Republican man, what does it look like for the gospel to free that person mm-hmm. from their issues? And then what does it look like for someone who is an artist and a little person and has diabetes and is uh, a black Australian? What does it look like for the gospel to free that person? I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. All right. Hey, so welcome we, to the Hopper Podcast. We, we, we just recorded, had that conversation uh, with Greg Johnson... Yes. And so, man, our last he, episode. If you haven't heard that episode, you need to go back and listen to that guy before this one. Yeah, because this will make no sense. Yeah, because we're just talking about our interview with him that was our last episode. But as we sit here right now, we just got off the line with him. Right. Yeah, it was good to see him. It was. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in many ways, Greg is serving as a hero. Oh, yeah. Um, a, as a role model. Mm hmm. Um, as he said toward the end of the interview, again, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that, yeah. the previous episode. Uh, as he said at the end of the interview, people may be antagonistic or upset with him until someone in their family mm-hmm. ends up uh, coming out and saying they're, they're same-sex attracted or homosexual, mm-hmm. and then they call him. And mm-hmm. then he's a champion mm-hmm. for them because he is a celibate man who has done all of this research, mm-hmm. uh, looked through all the history and, and been through his own experience mm-hmm. of the, uh, the therapy movement and, mm-hmm. and, and has landed in a place where he has uh, a, a record of celibacy that, mm-hmm. that I don't think I would put up against anyone else. Um, not me. Not me either. I mean, the, and that way, this, this struggle Mm -hmm. has been a great blessing to him, Mm -hmm. enabling him to do great scholarly work, Mm -hmm. um, understand the gospel at a deeper level and communicate it at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is just one of, this is what God does. You know, he takes our brokenness and he makes, he makes us trophies of his, his grace and his ministry. And I think he's doing that with Greg, Mm -hmm. um, that, that uh, you, you have a homosexual kid or a grandkid or a cousin, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and this is the guy you need to talk to. And this is the book that you need to read, mm-hmm. um, along with the book that he recommended. Yeah. Right. And Which so, I haven't read that one yet, but I need, yeah, to, I need to get I've, it. Yeah. Haven't even heard of it, but yeah. Yeah. Something that, that should be done, I think. One of the things I appreciate that he was talking about was in, in the identity, um, thinking about, you know, can you, is it okay is it appropriate for someone to call themselves a gay Christian? Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he doesn't really call himself that, yeah. but that some people do, and that's okay. Because for those who do, the people that he knows that call themselves gay Christians, they don't mean at all that it's a different sort of Christian than a straight Christian, but yeah. just saying, I am a Christian and... I am attracted right. to I'm not people. straight. I'm not straight. That's my struggle. Yeah. One of my primary struggles, not the only struggle. Or yeah. Not, certainly not my identity. Um, and that's, I think he did a good job. I think he's very articulate and, well, and even parsing. Then, yes. 
But it also depends on what you mean by identity, right? right? So he, that's what he talked about. And this so he great. brought up and he said, you know, you can identify as a Democrat or as a Republican. Well, if, you know, can I say I'm a Democrat Christian or I'm a Republican Christian? People can say that, but that, but it doesn't yep. mean that that political affiliation is at the core of who you are. Yeah, and that's where I, you know, I, I was pleased to hear him say he doesn't use the language gay Christian uh-huh. because I, I just think it's, I think it's very unhelpful. Mm. Um, it would be similar to saying I'm a, um, I'm a racist Christian. Mm. Um, it just means, like in, in our episode prior about the Confederate flag, mm. you know, um, what it means to you uh, is one thing, but mm-hmm. what the way the general population perceives it is another. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to kind of work within some parameters societally if you want to communicate and be understood. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't, I would never say I am a, uh, an angry Christian mm-hmm. or I'm a, you know, whatever, I'm a warmongering Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a, a prostituting Christian mm-hmm. um, just because it, it, it confuses the matter, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I might be trying to say uh, if someone who says uh, I'm a racist Christian, mm-hmm. they're not they're not saying I identify as a racist and I support white supremacy. Of course, right? I um, would expect so. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah, we'd yeah. hope so, but but it's confusing, right? Sure. Yeah. And I see the word gay. I think a little bit differently in in that um, I think that I when I think of the word gay, I think of what he, what Greg talked about as a lot of young people and I don't I don't know why this is because I'm not young mm-hmm. um, and I'm kind of an old fuddy-duddy in most ways but when I think of the word gay I'm mere, I I think in my mind merely of not straight and yeah. uh and and so that's I have no yeah. problem with people yeah. calling themselves uh I still a gay do Christian. I still do mm-hmm. as far as like I wouldn't want to be called a democrat christian either Mm. Um, because I, I wouldn't want to put my my political views mm-hmm. on the same platform as Christianity. Mm-hmm. I would want them to be subservient to the the identity as Christian. Sure. And so, and I think yeah. that that's it's possible for people to do that um, by saying. And here's what I mean. Uh, I think it's helpful for us. He talked a lot about how the the gospel impacts all people, and and people need to be freed from their shame and from their guilt by the gospel. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. And well said, by the way. He, he was you. very articulate about mm-hmm. that in a way that uh, that I haven't heard in a long time, mm-hmm. and it's a fresh voice, and I appreciate it. And uh, I think it's helpful to see what does it look like for a person who is a you know straight, white, Republican man... What does it look like for the gospel to free that person mm-hmm. from their issues? And then what does it look like for someone who is an artist and a little person and has diabetes and is uh, a black Australian? What does it look like for the gospel to free that person? And so gay is just, it's it's an identity in a sense. Like yep. there's so many things that make up my identity, your identity. Everybody has all these things. And the, the gospel, how can I say, you can't be a generic Christian. None of us are generic Christians. When God saves us, he saves us particularly, and he saves all the different aspects of who I am. I'm a very thoughtful person. Feelings are a little bit more confusing to me, although I have God has really worked with me on that in recent years, decades. But, you know, what does it look like for me, for God to redeem my thought life? Yeah. What does it look like for God to redeem someone like me in all my particularities? And so for someone who is uh, gay or bisexual, or, you know, whatever other sexual minorities, you know, I think it's helpful to say, what does, 
what does it look like for the gospel to free this person in their particularities? And being gay may be one of, you know, it is for right. for Greg and for lots of other uh, brothers and sisters we have in Christ, um, are sexual minorities. And so I think identifying that way is a helpful thing. I think it, no, I'm sorry, it can be a very helpful thing. Yeah, I think the concepts we agree on, this is largely semantic. And, sure. and, um, and, and so I was, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have, have um, uh, stumbled deeply over him saying, I, I use that language. I think he mm-hmm. did say, I'm, I'm going to hold the hand of evangelical. Yeah, for a, <laughs> Auntie, for a little bit longer. <laughs> anxious Christianity for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that's, that's Christ-like. I really appreciate that yes. in him. Yes. Um, and so, because I do think the semantics is the issue here mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people. And for yes. me, like, I wouldn't want to, to be labeled, like I said, a Republican Christian, mm-hmm. a Democrat Christian, even a, a black Christian. You know, mm-hmm. if I was a black man, I still think that I would, I would say I'm a Christian. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I happen to be black. I happen to be American. I have to be, you know, all these other th- factors of who I am and my identity. Um, they're, they're important. And yes. Christ is working through all of the, the struggles and the good things about each piece of that. Yeah. But I would want to identify first as a Christian, not an American, not a political oh, and person, I think Greg, not a no question straight man says, or a white man or anything like that. And Greg yeah, and he really does. clearly yeah. says, if that's what we're talking about, then nothing deserves a place of ultimate right. hope and, and allegiance, and nothing deserves yeah. He was very that. clear about all this. I think oh, it was yeah. great. Yeah. And so- it, but made, it, was just, it was pleasing to me to hear him say it. The way he went back and forth with the idea of, uh, yeah, I'm married, uh-huh. and, um, and I have-, uh, I have Interests in my wife, but I also have other interests. Yes, and those interests are sinful. Yes, other other women catch your eye for sexual desire, and for me too. I, I don't mean to accuse you in a way of not like <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> well, but I am too, and that's right. and so yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, you're uh, yeah. So he was saying that 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 is something that that we struggle with, and that also is unnatural in the same way. In an unnatural in the sense that God does designed us to have sexual. Uh, desire for one other person that we are met if if we are married it's sexual desire for that person and no one else and everything outside of that is sinful and so yeah he's, right. he's he used the i mean the numbers don't matter but he said 97 percent of you know for uh 97 percent of my sexual desire is you know, on a day-to-day basis where do you come up with numbers like that but yeah it's for someone other than my wife okay so what the three percent what's the difference you know well yeah and he was also very clear i think in a very helpful way for people who are struggling um in, in an overly conservative point of view mm-hmm. he was very clear to articulate um and that's why you know i, I was I was trying to give him a softball with my first question. Yeah. This is what people are going to ask. This yeah. is what he's probably heard a hundred times. This is where the controversy lies. Yeah. Um, is because somebody who has a, um, they, they're married mm-hmm. in a heterosexual Christian marriage mm-hmm. and they have a, a lustful thought or mm-hmm. they, or they, they're tempted by mm-hmm. the shape of another woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone who is homosexual has a temptation by the shape of a same-sex person. Mm-hmm. There is a slight difference mm. in that one is by design and one is not by design. And that's where Paul's talking about natural and unnatural. But they're both sinful. They're mm-hmm. both wrong. And so the person who has the, quote, natural sin feels superior to the person who has the, quote, unnatural sin. Right, right. But there's... It's kind of silly because with James saying, if you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, it's both a result of the fall. 
Yes. yes. It's, as one pastor told me, when you look at the book of James and, and determining uh, sin being sin, we like to think of sin as like all these different panes of mm-hmm. glass. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you sin in a certain way, you throw a rock and you break that pane of glass. Mm-hmm. And the people who have fewer panes of glass broken end up feeling more righteous about themselves mm-hmm. than those mm-hmm. who have, you know, I haven't, I haven't broken the homosexual pain. Right. So I'm better than someone who, who has that mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the way you're supposed to view it according to James. What James is saying is that it's, it's one big pane of glass. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that some sins are not worse than others. Mm-hmm. To, to dwell upon murder is not the same thing as actually committing Correct. murder. Correct. Uh, that, that's, you, it's a more, it, you've gone further down the road. Mm-hmm. But sin is sin. Mm-hmm. And if you have sinned once, you are a sinner mm-hmm. and the whole glass is shattered and mm-hmm. you need the righteousness of Christ. Um, so uh, I think it, it is, it, he, was, he was clear and helpful in saying this is a gospel problem. Yes. This is a self-righteousness problem, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, what Tim Keller has said, his ministry largely has been is defeating moralism. Mm-hmm. And certainly when I'm, when I'm preaching, it's I'm always, if, if there's any like um, wounding that I'm mm-hmm. doing, it's typically to self-righteous people. Yeah. Because... Sounds like Jesus. Yeah, the, the physicians come to heal the sick, right? Right. And either you're one of the sick and you need Jesus, or you're not, and the, the church isn't for you, and the gospel isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. As far as what what Greg is dealing with, um, it, the conservative side, the mm-hmm. evangelical, whatever that means, mm-hmm. um, historically evangelical, still uses language that is, in his words, um, abusive. Yes. It's hurtful. Yes. Because they don't understand that the ex-gay movement, the exodus movement has failed. Yes. It statistically has shown very, very poor. Mm-hmm. You, it's not an easy or maybe even possible thing to change this orientation in some cases. Mm-hmm. Although in our episode before, we talked about there are people who have, through a life of faith and repentance, um, not turned to celibacy, but have married in a, in a uh, cross-gender, mm-hmm. you know, normal, quote, marriage, and have, um, have succeeded in that. Yeah, and, they've succeeded yeah. in having a marriage, but, I'm, but you know, as, as Greg points out, and I trust him, and in other yeah. researchers as well, those folks almost exclusively have not changed their sexual orientation. They have found some ways to work within their right. sexual orientation and had a relationship with uh, someone of the opposite sex, a, a committed marriage relationship. And so, yeah, but... And it happens to work well. It happens to work. And it's, it's a strong minority of those mm-hmm. who are, uh, whose sexual orientation is not standard, uh, not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if you are struggling with same-sex attraction... I would say um, if you're looking to enter into a marriage in some form of obedience or hope, you need to be well-educated in what you're getting yourself into and and have really well-set expectations about the nature of your, your sex life and what, you're, what, what are you really hoping is going to happen. And Greg um, talks about, has a section in the book about that, giving advice yeah. to people who are hope, because part of the ex-gay movement was, the, the failed ex-gay movement mm-hmm. was saying, if you... Uh, can find someone that you feel like maybe you can marry, uh, you know, if you're, uh, then, uh, then that may heal you sexually. And then people got disillusioned when they got into a marriage and it didn't, it actually made things worse. Yeah. yeah. And that's, 
you know, that was part of the ex-gay movement. There was like, Here, right. here's a way to find healing. You, you need to pray. You need to memorize these Bible verses. You need to go back into your childhood and find, you know, how your father abused you or abandoned mm-hmm. you or whatever. And then a- another uh, method is by, uh, go, uh, uh, as an act of faith, go and marry someone of the opposite sex, start mm-hmm. having sex with that person, and then that will do it. Yeah. And that just, uh, it has not worked. Yeah. I think I think again it it's it has worked in a few cases but um it is definitely not the norm and people need to be well informed about yeah. uh, that approach. Yeah. And people aren't mm-hmm. and and therefore they're causing harm by by telling people that that uh they weren't born this way or that mm-hmm. they you know this is mm-hmm. this is uh merely the function of abuse. I think abuse is involved. I think it complicates things. I think it it complicates yeah. things. Um uh, you know just we talked about in our episode we don't need to rehash. Mm-hmm. Uh but just by summary when Jesus is talking about eunuchs, mm-hmm. some people were made that way by by abuse. Mm-hmm. They're now a eunuch. Mm-hmm. Um or they were born that way. Mm-hmm. Either way he says it's time to devote yourself to God. Yeah. Um which I think is is uh, really challenging, yeah, yeah. And and his record of celibacy is to is to be championed. I think it's a, it's a good example. Yeah, um, it chastens me. It chastens you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, hey, someone in our uh, denomination, someone I know, mm-hmm. um, who's very scholarly. I wouldn't want to go toe to toe. This person is a scholar, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor and a, a you know coach and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of a practitioner. Um, but he wrote a, an article in response to Greg. Mm-hmm. And in it, he was talking about uh, how we are united to Christ, uh-huh. and that if our identity is not uh, merely or exclusively Christ, mm-hmm. we we drag Jesus into the identity uh, that we are espousing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we would say we have a we have a gay savior. We have mm-hmm. a you know, mm-hmm. um, and and I read that it it the thought that crossed my mind was um, okay. One, there's a misunderstanding again about identity. What yes, are we saying absolutely. when we say identity? The other thing I wanted to bring up, um, and again, I would not go toe-to-toe mm-hmm. on this, but uh, but of course, in our union with Jesus, we drag him into our sin. Isn't that the whole point? Mm-hmm. That, he, that we grieve the Holy Spirit when we sin against him um, and that that our sin is his sin on the cross mm-hmm. and he's bearing the weight of the wrath of God mm-hmm. um, for those those sins, whatever they be. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure exactly who you're talking about, but let yeah. me play devil's advocate because I, I know I'm familiar with that l- line of reasoning. Uh-huh. And that person, I think, would critique Greg by saying, yes, if, it's true that we do bring Christ into our sin. That's the whole point of our sin being on him on the cross. But what Greg is doing is uh, celebrating that, is uh, wallowing in the sin and bringing Christ in when we should be repenting of that. However... Right. Which would be a valid criticism. If... If it were true. If it were true, but <laughs> right. it's not. That's yeah. the thing, is uh, Greg overwhelmingly says, and he says this so clearly in his book, he said it in our interview, and he says it by his lifestyle, that uh, there is nothing that critiques Jesus in his life. He has left everything behind he has he has denied his impulses and denied himself in order to follow Jesus uh in a way that I'm j- I don't think that I'm familiar with hmm. he has uh made Jesus the ultimate thing while being honest with the way that he w- with who he is 
um, it's a kind of broken. I think it's similar. He said in the, in the interview and in the book that he's a diabetic. I didn't know that until mm. I read the book. Diabetes is a result of the fall. It's not a sinful result of the fall, but yeah. it is a result of the fall. Being gay is also a result of the fall, and that has the potential to lead you to sinful acts. So right. those are results of the fall. And so, okay, so do I? De- is it okay for me to identify myself as some as a person who is a diabetic? Mm-hmm. Um, because in the in the new heavens and new earth, I'm not going to be a diabetic. Right. Right. So, uh, what's going yeah. on? And even there, I guess there's the, the when you're a diabetic, there's a way to to live your life, and there's a way to to abuse your your life. Absolutely. And not, not be a good steward of the 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 difficulty of what you have to deal with. Right. right? Um, and that's the same. You you can either celebrate this and embrace it, and and go headlong into the into the sin, yep. or you can say I've got to I've got to manage this through the gospel. I've got to uh, devote myself to God and that's all that right. that means. Yeah. Greg talks. One of the examples that Greg uses in the book is he says, imagine, uh, and I think he does this on purpose. Imagine someone um, in the church who is gluttonous. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone in the church who overeats. There's a lot of people in the church who overeat. Okay, yeah. so I'm one of them for sure, and it was convincing to me. I wasn't going to say it. Okay, but I, I, I look down and I see this 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 baby bump I've got here. Like <laughs> yeah, it, the the food baby is hungry. It's kicking. Yeah, yeah. It's it, feed as, me. As we're recording this, it's been a difficult week for us here in Bowling Green. Yeah, uh, because we've had a tornado about a week ago. Uh, well, right out a week ago, we had a terrible tornado that came through and ripped our town in half, almost quite literally. Yeah. And it has been an extraordinarily stressful week for me anyway, in lots of other ways, and that right. just made it worse. And uh, and then at our office, uh, people brought an enormous amount of junk food, and yeah. I have not eaten the way that I should, because when I get stressed, I eat. And that is a result of the fall, and that is sinful. Gluttony is one of the, in the Middle Ages, they talked about that as one of the seven mm-hmm. uh, sins, deadly sins. Yep. And so he he talks about that in the book, and he says, imagine if we were to say this desire for food, this desire to be gluttonous, what if we treated that the exact same way that we treated uh, the desire for homosexual sex? And so that, but we don't, mm-hmm. we don't. But it, is it any more sinful or less sinful? It is not. Um, it is sin. It is it is indulging in a desire that is sinful. It is putting. So, I did not run to Christ for stress relief, for comfort, for the balm of the gospel this week the way that I could have and should have. Mm -hmm. I ran to food to fill something that in me, because it was readily available, and it's the habit that I have, uh, the sinful Mm -hmm. habit that I have cultivated. And I need to rely more on Christ. And uh, and other, I think it's the same, I, I, I see the analogy really, really strong. Yeah. And... Um, we should not be treating, the church should not be treating homosexual people, gay, lesbian, bisexual people, queer people, whatever, um, as like that sin is some kind of special thing that actually, in, in a way, sin is sin. Sin is sin, and we all struggle with it. Yeah. We all struggle with it. And again, the question is, are they struggling with it or are they celebrating it? And well, that, that's yeah, a, okay, so yeah, that's, that's a, a different that's, topic. seems to be yeah. a different topic. Um, that's and, where people choke. You know, because our culture is saying one thing, and then here's Greg standing against the tide on both sides. On both sides. Yeah. He's just, he's in no man's land, right? He is. Because there are as many conservatives who think he's he's somehow 
on a slippery slope to us embracing homosexuals mm-hmm. like some of the other mainline denominations have. They're angry mm-hmm. with him. On the other side, there's many people who are angry with him that he's not wholesale saying, mm-hmm. embrace your sexuality and go mm-hmm. live a gay lifestyle. This is the way God made you. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, no, the biblical ethic of sex is to is in this case to remain celibate. Yeah. Um, and so he has anger on both sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just want him to uh, to be supported. Absolutely. And I yeah. think that we need to listen to what he's saying when it comes to this issue, because he has, um, I think, by his research and by his life, he has earned trust that we should give him when it comes to this issue. Yeah. Um, and so when, for example, when it refers to identity or, you know, the kind of names that we or uh, labels that we should use. He's someone that I'm willing to trust because he has talked to all the people. When he says, uh, you know, people who, he said, I've listened to, ton, you know, many, many, many stories of people who say, I'm a gay Christian. Here's what, the, here's what I mean when I say that. Yeah. And if, and if he's saying, oh, that person and the hundreds of people that have told me that and told me their story, they're putting their ultimate identity in Christ and the gay is not near. It just it, it it it's kind of who they are in one sense, but their but their ultimate identity is in Christ, the way that He yeah. is. Okay, you know what? Then I'm happy to use that language too. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't, but uh, I okay. understand their point. Yeah, uh, just because of the wider, the widespread uh, interpretation of it. Um, but I. I I think what you're saying, and I agree, is that that there needs to be more dialogue and understanding of yes. people, and and less assum- assuming um, that if someone says I'm a gay Christian, I'm just going to assume that they're in the camp that's celebrating that. There's no question. Uh, yes, I shouldn't. Yes, yes, yes. I shouldn't do that. We need to dialogue. We need to talk. And, yeah. And, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Nuance these things and yeah. get to the, to a, a fuller understanding, and and we'll probably both end up learning if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna be separated and and draw battle lines, and that never helps. That's yeah. where our country is. Right. Yeah. yeah. We need we need more listening and understanding and less spouting out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greg, by by his life choices, has demonstrated that he is willing to sacrifice an enormous amount to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than you and I. And uh, that that deserves a uh, careful listen to yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, and of course he's not perfect. And um, true. And. and he was very clear in his gospel presentation, and um, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, well, tell us what you think. Uh, chime in here. You can write us or give us a voice email, uh, a voice message at the hopperpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, this is Dave with the Hopper Podcast. If you can't find a politician or media outlet that represents your views, you're not alone. You've got a home right here. We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape. There are more of us than you might realize. So help us grow the Hopper Podcast. Find your favorite episode and click the share button and put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else. Thanks. Willie, it is, uh, it's officially winter now. Yeah. It's been for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, daylight is going to start returning mm-hmm. more and more, which is always like the thought of. Yeah, uh, sure. Although January and February, to me, are uh, can be pretty lame. Oh, my goodness. I, I like some snow. But I want it uh, often and then over, completely over. Mm. And so when March rolls around, mm-hmm. I hate it. Everyone gets sick. It's hot and then it's cold. It's raining. It's snowing. You can't tell what it's going to do. Mm. I hate March. Really? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. Like spring's right around the corner. It's, yeah. getting, it's almost over. But it, it it's like I'm done with winter by then. I'm really done with it. Oh, I for hate sure. it, for and sure. I want it to go away, and it doesn't. It keeps hanging on. It keeps, you know, you get you get teased with it, with good weather, and then things start blooming, and then up oh, here's three feet of snow. Yeah, here's yeah, some yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hear what you're saying. It's there. a jilting. Um, because I'm telling you, by the time February is over, it's about all I I can stand. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, we're about to get into the to the uh, snow and ice of our yeah. uh, time, and I hate this is I hate this kind of weather. Yeah, I hate it. Do you remember when we built that giant snowman in St. Louis? I do. Have we talked about this before on the hopper? Not on the hopper, but yeah, when we lived in St. Louis together. It snowed there and iced. I remember one year, there was snow and ice on the ground for something like 60 days straight. It got mm-hmm. above freezing a couple of times, but not enough to melt everything. And I, mean, I think it, that's when I moved there. <laughs> it was snowing when we moved, remember? And I it just, do. It I kept snowing, it kept snowing. Yeah. And I thought, where have we, where have we moved to? It's awful. Yeah. For, fortunately, we don't live in a place like that right now. But yeah, we one year, you and I and our wives and... Friend, Someone else, couple another friends, friend, a couple yep. of other friends. We went out to uh, the park. Forest Park. Forest Park, which is in the middle of the city. Big, massive park. Yeah. And we made a massive snowman. Yeah. The, the we, snow we, just the, right. the base snowball was as large as all of us could move. Yes. Right? So we just couldn't budget there anymore. six or eight of us that were yeah. just like pushing as hard as we could. And then yeah. when it stopped, that's where it was. And it was It was It big. was huge. And then the next one was the largest snowball that we could all lift Correct. to put up on top. That's right. If I remember right, we tried a couple times to lift it, and we yeah. couldn't. And so then, okay, let's shave off a little bit, and can uh-huh. we lift it now? Oh, let's yep. shave off a little bit more. Finally, we were able to all lift it up onto this other one. It's reasons like this that I had to have back surgery. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third snowball was proportional to yeah. the size of the other two, but yeah. it was taller than all of us. Yes. Um, we I don't put, know how we got it up there. Uh, we, we climbed up on the, the base That's right. of the That's snowball. Right. That's so big, we could stand up on it and you could you know lift the, the top snowball. Right. And then we were sticking... Uh, pine needles in for hair and yeah and we we did it upright yeah that's right yeah it looked like some fat frontier woman (laughs) (laughs) it was a bad haircut and it stayed there for a long time it was massive um but you know uh, some dude in a pickup truck ran it over is that right i didn't know that yeah um yeah i i the tracks uh coming up to it Uh uh-huh and then it was just smashed, you know. Oh my goodness! And um, and I remember, uh, I was around when this happened, or soon after. I remember uh-huh. seeing the truck and the guy. You know, I don't, I can't remember what was going on. Okay, uh, but I remember seeing this guy looked kind of suspicious. Yeah. And then, uh, sure enough. Oh, uh, so you did you see it happen? No, but I saw it soon after. Soon after, so I okay. knew that it was a pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw something. Guy was like eyeing it, you know. Oh man. I was there protecting it. No, I'm just kidding. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't there long. I, in my mind, it was there for a long time, but I guess from what you're saying, it wasn't there for very long. Um, yeah, I mean, it it was like the same night. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So my, you know, our memories are, uh, we haven't talked about this since it <laughs> I happened. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we got it done. We took pictures. Uh-huh. We were like celebrating the, the sheer size of it. It was incredible. Yeah. And then someone was eyeing it. With their oh, pickup truck. And, I hate uh, people like that. <laughs> Willie, what is the worst thing about January? Got to be the snow and ice. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I hate, 
uh, ice especially, but snow also, uh, because it means shoveling the driveway. It yeah. means slipping to work. It means uh, that the stores are crowded. It means uh, having to get dressed up and uh, to to keep your shoes. And st- I mean, it's just. All of the paraphernalia that goes along with it, yeah, to me, it's all just, the extra it's clothing, much. the extra clothing, the layering, yeah. the it's awful. I don't like it. Yeah, I hate the cold. Yeah, well, okay, so yeah. that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. I hate feeling cold. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be hot and sweaty and mm-hmm. irritated by the heat I than agree. cold. I agree. Um, and people say, oh, you can always put on more clothes. I don't want to put on a bunch of clothes. Right. Uh, they're uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I would rather be in a nudist colony. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'd um, rather sweat than shiver. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I don't like is is how short the days are mm-hmm. and dark. Mm-hmm. And it seems like if it's going to warm up, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed this pattern, but anytime in winter it warms up, it rains. Mm. You know, it's, it's gray and it's gloomy and it's still cold and mm-hmm. cold rain is miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, the winter is is no fun. There's also the lack of sunlight that for yeah. me is also a big, big deal. When you say, you yeah, know, do you get cloudy, depressed? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I find it depressing. And I know that uh, in January, it, days are getting longer. That's true. But there's like an accumulation. The days are short, get shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm still doing okay, okay, okay. But by the time we get to January, right. like, no, I've been missing the yeah. sunlight for way too long. Have you heard of the daylight lamps that you can- Oh, yeah. Yeah, some therapy haven't lamps. haven't gotten any. Me neither, um, but- But you can also take vitamin D, and that yeah. really helps. Uh-huh. That's helped me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just uh, there's a malaise mm-hmm. through the winter. I agree. Just, yeah, a drudgery to I agree. all of it. So uh, when are we moving to Florida? Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we will discuss what hot dogs are really made of. Oh boy. I'm sure you need you know someone who needs to listen to the Hopper. Hey, be a pal and share the Hopper goodness. Send them a link. And if they still don't listen, take away their preparation H. That is gonna that's serious. That'll learn that's em. serious. And be sure to subscribe or follow. Special thanks this week goes to our parole officer, Willie Bolt. He will.